2: And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Today we are going to talk about this idea that the Packers are going to be a run heavy team or a run first team or move toward a more run centric approach. And this is something of course we've talked about over the last few months. It's something we talked about last year at this time and all through the offseason process because When Matt LaFleur came to Green Bay, in his opening press conference, he talked about wanting everything to play off the run game. And there was this wailing and gnashing of teeth about, oh, they're going to become this run team. They're going to be Kyle Shanahan. They're going to pass the ball 45% of the time. And it's going to be like Derrick Henry and all of this stuff. And yet Green Bay last year, in game-neutral situations, So we're talking about not in the last two minutes and when the win probability for either team is between 25 and 75%. So excluding garbage time and excluding the last two minutes, the Packers were the second most pass-happy team in the league last year. 61% of the time they passed in game-neutral situations. They were not a run-heavy team. And it is unlikely that will change in a significant way. Now, you can look at the draft and say, oh, X, Y, and Z. But go back and look last year. When the Packers threw on early downs, they weren't very good. 23rd in success rate when they threw on first and second down last year. When they ran on 1st and 2nd down last year. They were 4th in success rate. So they were much better running the ball on early downs. And so they didn't throw it as much on early downs as maybe the analytics would suggest you'd want them to. They were 15th in pass rate on early downs overall. That's obviously average. You, in a perfect world, would want them to be a little bit better. But... You'd want them to be better when they threw, not just better in theory, because that's what this is. This is a theory. It is better to throw than to run. And particularly, it is better to throw when teams are wondering if you might throw or you might run it. That seems intuitive, but you know, third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve, teams are not expecting you to run the ball. And that's why those, you know, little draw plays can get eight yards. Or even sneak in and get you the 10 or the 12 that you need to convert the first down. On first down, on second down, you have a little bit more unpredictability. And so it is better to throw when teams are not sure you're going to throw. The Packers didn't do that at a high rate last year. In 2018, the Packers passed on 61% of early downs. It was the fourth most in the league. And in fact, overall, and that was in one-score games. In 2018, in one-score games, the Packers passed on 61% of early downs. In fact, they were the most pass-happy team on early downs in football last year. They did what Warren Sharp and all of the analytics heads say you should do. They were fourth in rush success rate. 23rd in pass success rate. If that sounds familiar, it's because it's the exact same numbers the Packers had in 2019 when they threw it significantly less. In both cases, the run game was very good. And in both cases, the passing game was below average. But because the Packers did it more following what the analytics say, and throwing the ball more simply because that's what the analytics say didn't actually benefit the Packers in terms of converting first downs more often or staying on schedule more often. It's like in the NBA when teams who can't shoot continue to chuck three-pointers. Well, maybe it's not the best strategy if you're not great at, at doing a thing to do that thing a lot. Maybe do the thing you're good at. Maybe be, you know, the the grind city Memphis Grizzlies and play big and, and play defense and don't shoot the ball and you can go in and beat the Spurs in a series. That is not, I think, what the Packers want to be. They don't want to be some ground and pound offense. But one of the reasons why they didn't pass as often on early downs is because Matt LaFleur wanted to play with a little bit more balance. This offense as he said, starts with the run game. And that is the second part of this that I think there is a fundamental misunderstanding about. People hear Matt LaFleur say this offense is based on the run game and they think, okay, that means they're run first or they're run heavy. That's just not true. Only a handful of teams last year were actually run heavy, meaning they ran it more than they threw it overall. It's a handful of teams. Now, the 49ers were one of them. But the 49ers were also protecting a quarterback who is just okay. Kirk Cousins was really good in an offense made to protect a quarterback who is just okay. I don't think the Packers believe at this point that Rodgers is just okay. But this offense suits a quarterback who is because of the advantageous situations it puts him in off of play action. Rodgers was not good on play action last year. The offense as a whole was not good on play action last year. That's something that they have to fix. But the idea of run first is very different from the offenses based on the run game. You can be based on the run game. For example, the the Titans were theoretically a run-based offense last year. But on early downs, they still threw it a fair amount. The Rams... Theoretically, a run-first team, that's what people say on early downs, they threw it far more often than they ran it. So there is this disconnect between the perception of what this offense wants to be and what it actually is. Being based on the run game in the Packers case means, okay, the base play in this offense is the outside zone run. To say everything comes off of that is to say that, In a perfect world, and of course we don't live in one of those, but in a perfect world, every play the defense thinks could be outside zone. So you have to be able to run it from shotgun. You have to be able to run it from under center. That doesn't even mean that there's going to be a play-action fake every time. You just want to be in a formation and a down and distance where the run is a threat. We have data on this. The play-action pass is more effective in situations where there is a good probability that you will run. That includes personnel, and that includes situation. So from there, you have a play-action pass, and you have a shot play, and and theoretically, every little grouping of formations has a package where you've got a run, you've got a pass, and you've got a shot play. And they all look the same, but they're different. And when the Packers can get to them, you have something. And what I think the coaches need to to take a look at is you go back to last year. In one drive against a very, very good defense, the Packers used a two-running back group and carved the Vikings up in week two. Carved them up. And they had a package of plays, and they had a couple that looked the same but were different and you had a screen to one side a receiver screen that was used Aaron Jones so it's really a running back screen and then a screen the other way to Jamal Williams but they were set up mechanically the exact same and the defense had no idea what was going on where was that the rest of the year and you'd hear oh we had stuff that we liked that we didn't get to and it seems like at times whether it's Rodgers or it's LaFleur there is this Okay, we have a thing. Now we need to set up the next thing, and that sets up the next thing. And it could be this was something that was brought up in some of the the reporting a couple of years ago around the rift between Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers was that Rodgers was changing some plays of the line when Mike McCarthy is trying to set stuff up. This was a question last year. Is Rodgers going to let this offense be this offense? And it could be that a coach is saying, okay, that run didn't work. So maybe they won't respect the next play we have off of it. So when a run works or when one play works, one pass play works, it's easier to then say, okay, we have a counter on that play. And so here's the counter because they've seen that that worked. They're going to be thinking about that play. And so here's the counter. Well, what we have learned over the years is it really doesn't matter if those plays worked. The counters can still work as long as they're executed properly. And so I think the coaching staff can take a lesson from the the good things that they did last year and say okay, well, if we want to if we want to do some different things with personnel on early downs and we want to, you know, have them grow and do this building effect, this illusion of complexity where where three plays look the same but are all different, then You have to be able to stick to those. And that's why I think the Packers were really good early in games when teams were were seeing these unscouted looks and that first play was working pretty consistently. And then you could get to that second and third play. They have to find a way to get those first plays to be more effective. And that means, in, in the case of this offense, you have to run the ball because the running game is the heart of it. Everything works off the outside zone. You don't even have to be good at it. We have all that data on running the ball. You just have to pose a threat that you might run. And so that means running sometimes. So in order to do that, you have to have some success running the ball. That's why when the Packers were down last year, or at least part of the reason, they weren't as good because they rely, their offense relies, even on shot plays to create with play action. At least that's the heart of the offense. And so when they had to play catch-up, when they were in second and long situations or third and long situations, they had one of the worst third and long rates in the league. It's why they were one of the the most three and out teams in the league. They have to find ways to create offense when the run game isn't going. And I think that's something that this offseason afforded them an opportunity to do. They did it in a particular kind of way, and it's not the way that most thought they were going to do it, but it, it could work. They could have done both, and we're going to talk about that right after this. Before we get there, I want to tell you about our title sponsor today, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you needed in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand... His warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer, then you have access to rockauto.com at home, or if you have a phone, you have it in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, not just the ones that the guy behind the counter has. In the back, rockauto.com has the best prices, not just for the mechanic with a different price for the do-it-yourselfer, the lowest prices that they can give you for anyone. That's the deal. Rockauto.com right now. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you.
0: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
2: So the draft and the lack of receivers signed and or drafted has led many people, including people around the league, to conclude that the Packers are going to be this run-heavy team. But take everything that we just talked about and think about it through the lens of the draft. AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuara the offensive lineman, and a quarterback who can create outside of structure. Even Jordan Love fits in here in a way. But what you want to do, okay, you're a team that successfully runs the ball. You're not a team that is as successful throwing the ball. Packers are a high-variance throwing team. They create a lot of big plays and a lot of three-and-outs. And that's who they are. If you want to be more efficient and you want to be more consistent down to down, how can you do that? Well, they're a good run team. Okay, our teams going to care about that? Yes, teams still do care about that. Okay, first and second down, you have this issue throwing the ball. How can you fix that? Well, you become less predictable by formation. The Packers were really good running out of three receiver sets last year. They weren't nearly as good running out of traditional personnel. Two tight ends, two running backs. So you go out and you grab a hammer back who, in those situations, is potentially more effective. So now you get better in the run game in those situations. And you add Josiah Deguara, who is going to play tight end, he's going to play H-back, he's probably going to play a little fullback, he's going to play a little bit of everything, but he allows you to play big and pass More effectively. This is what I think the Packers want to do. In order to tweak the passing game. In order to make it more efficient. They want to pass better. Not necessarily more. Better. Out of big personnel. And so. Then all of a sudden on first down. You've run the ball the last two drives. On first down to start the drive. All right, now it's the third drive. And you can almost feel this watching the game. I mean, it's something that I take note of. Okay, you know, three, four drives in a row. The Packers have started with a first down run. They're setting something up. And then, you know, maybe it's not the fifth drive. Maybe it's not the sixth drive. But then all of a sudden, first play of the drive. A lot of times it's the first play of the drive in the second half. Shot play, off play action. You're setting that up. All right, but you want to be able to be more consistent Every drive doing that, and it's not just the first first down. You know, you want to get a couple first downs. Well, if you can play out of two tight end sets, if you can play out of 12, and you can run or pass, you can get that success rate, you know, above average. Even if you can get it to 14 or 15. Now, all of a sudden, your offense is going to be significantly more efficient because your run game is already so good. It is also going to make your life easier on third down. Because if you can pass more efficiently, efficiency is the key here. If you can pass more efficiently, you can create, number one, fewer third downs overall, but number two, more third and manageables. Because here's the weird thing about last year. The Packers, as I said, in game neutral situations, 61% passing in game neutral situations. Well, they were 15th in pass rate overall, and they were 15th in pass rate on early downs, and 16th in third down pass rate. So how does that follow? Well, a lot of their quote-unquote balance came at the end of games. And they came in situations where the, the expected win percentage was outside the 25 to 75%. They had high win percentages at a lot of these games at the end, even though some of them were close. But back to the original point here, if you can if you can pass more effectively on early downs first down you can create third and manageable situations or eliminate that third down at all second and 6 if you're better with your pass you can just create a first down no third down at all green bay's offense overall on offense passing the ball was was pretty solid 11th in dvoa they were a top 10 offense overall but because of this inconsistency they they gave up possessions with these three and outs because they were not consistently moving the chains. That's what happens when you're a high variance offense. Well, if you can pass more effectively on first down and now instead of no yards, because that's what an incompletion is, instead of no yards, you're getting six, eight yards. Well, that makes second down a lot easier. And let's say it's second and 10 and now you're passing, you're getting six, eight, eight yards. Well, that makes third down a lot easier. So this passing offense wasn't bad, not a bad passing offense, but they put themselves in a lot of disadvantageous situations because they didn't have good success throwing the ball earlier. So now you take the thing you're really good at, and that's running the ball. That's what the Packers were really good at last year. It's what they were really good at the year before, and actually they were really good at it the year before that. And now you say, okay, take so-called run formations – And now add players who can make an impact in the passing game. They think A.J. Dillon can catch passes. If you put two backs on the field that can do that, you can do the things like you did in the Vikings game. And if you have multiple tight ends that you believe in, you can play more two tight end sets. And now you can go four wide out of 12 personnel. You put Jay Sternberger and Josiah DeGuar on the slot and make the defense declare. Make them figure out what are they going to do? What are they going to do? You're gonna roll a safety up. You're gonna put a linebacker over on Jace. You can put a linebacker on Deguara because now the Packers have a matchup advantage. It's it's not just that you need to be able to run the ball out of heavy personnel. You have to be able to throw the ball because that's where the advantages are for your offense. And so when I look at this Packers off season, I think they said in the Packers offense, they they clearly wanted. To add some receiver talent, Emmanuel Sanders, they had some guys in the draft they really liked, and they wanted to get them. But I think they also looked at it and said, okay, well, these other guys can really help us in these big personnel situations. And when you look at the Packers at the end of last year, they were using three tight ends, You know, 13 personnel. They were going and they had these condensed formations against the Seahawks where they're going heavy personnel. Play action and hitting deep shots to Devontae Adams because the defense is respecting the run game. If you can do that more consistently on first down, it's not just shot plays. It's not just, you know, that first and 10 play action into a bomb. It's that first and 10 play action into a slant or a dig or just something easy where you can get some yards, you can create some yards after catch potentially. And then you can you can go to the next go to the next down, having matriculated down the field at least somewhat, and you're you're not having to to trust Rodgers every time to make a perfect throw on a deep shot, because that's what you're expecting him to do. Those are tougher passes to make, so make his job easier by creating with play action, and make his job easier by giving him some more short and intermediate throws to guys who can actually do something with the ball. You throw short to Jimmy Graham, you're boned. He can't do anything with the ball. But you show you throw short to Jay Sternberger, he might be able to shake off a tackle and go do something. You show you throw short to Josiah DeGuara, he might actually be able to do something with the ball in his hands. The Packers didn't have that luxury last year. So from from the perspective of the illusion of complexity, all of these things work hand in hand. You have the illusion of complexity that Matt LaFleur loves. The running game is the basis of of this offense, okay? So you need to be better with those base formations, and you need to be better throwing the ball in those base formations. It's all of these things working together, and from that perspective, the offseason actually makes a lot of sense. Now, you can still add it, add in a receiver that you think can be a high-end number two with Devontae Adams, and they tried to do that with Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. They tried to do that in the draft, tried to move up, Tried to figure out how they could get that guy. And when they didn't have that high-end player, they they moved on and said, okay, well, we can still make the team better by doing it this way. They tried to do both. And, and both would have been ideal. They still could do both. There still could be a trade out there. There still could be a situation out there. But there were two ways that the Packers could have gone about this. And they attempted both of them. They succeeded at least in theory, with one of them. And when you put these two issues together, it really becomes an issue and a solution. And you don't get the, oh, this is going to be a power run team now mindset. You get, a oh, this team wants to be more versatile. They want to be able to do more things out of more formations and actually make this passing game better as well as the run game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at wise.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shell,
2: All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. A lot more to get to. We, we, I still want to talk about uh, the cornerback list that came out. And by came out, I mean that I did um, using uh, the the different evaluation methods. And it, it actually said a lot of really nice things about the Packers secondary and, and created some questions about the Packers secondary in a world that does not exist with Tremont Williams on Green Bay as of yet. I also want to talk about the value of the safety position later on this week. So, a lot more to get to on this defense. We've spent a lot of time talking about the offense. I want to make sure the defense gets its just due. So we will get to all of that coming up later in the week, and, and hopefully another interview. I'm, I'm going to try and do some of those as we move forward here. And, and a little bit of announcements that uh, I want to get to before the season opens so that you can get excited about it. Um, I won't I won't say any, any more um, beyond uh, we, are, we are going to have – Uh, a regular contributor on the show and and, um, I'm pretty excited about that so keep an eye out for the podcast stay locked of course by subscribing iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts wherever you find podcasts you will find Locked on Packers follow me on Twitter Peter underscore Bukowski follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers like us on Facebook subscribe to the podcast iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts wherever you find podcasts you will find Locked on Packers And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. To stay, Locked on Packers.